first and foremost, I would like to pause for a moment and say thank you. Sincerely thank you to all of my friends and family for your endless support and your displays of love and showing how much you genuinely cared for me by sending gifts, um, text messages, phone calls, emails, greeting cards, stuffed animals. You guys really showed me how much I meant to you and how much you mean to me is so hard to put into words. I really feel that if it weren't for that support, I wouldn't be able to sit behind the microphone today and relay this story of mine to every audience member out there. Hopefully, there can be some message within my own experience that may help someone who is suffering right now from some of the similar instances which I will explain that often have a detrimental effect to not only the body but the brain and can end up being quite literally fatal. In my case, it nearly was. The last few weeks of May into June was the breaking point for me. Literally and figuratively, I was losing my mind, basically. And that in turn caused my body to break down and I was completely vulnerable due to the immune system becoming deteriorated from anxiety, stress, and negativity that was surrounding me. So it is imperative that everyone knows how severe psychological harm that people endure from others can be and how it may manifest itself into a physical form, which in my case, as I alluded to, my immune system was at its lowest point, allowing for an infection, a hellish virus, so to speak, was immediately introduced into my system, and I became inflicted with pneumonia. The pneumonia had a 
near fatal effect on my body. It caused sepsis, which is toxic. It's a medical condition where your organs start to break down and just completely fail until you're dead. That's how close I was to death. I lost the ability to breathe on my own, which is the reason for me pausing every few moments. I apologize. I'm not trying to be overly dramatic with this type of narrative, this monologue. But it is important for me to pay attention to how much I'm breathing, how much oxygen I'm using so I can replenish that supply and fight off hyperventilation, which can occur. Also, my heart was the recipient of the sepsis and it broke down to 20% capability which still may be an issue for me going forward my cardiologist who is one of the greatest doctors I've ever met in my life very intelligent man is still concerned about the aftermath of what occurred and my well-being is still in jeopardy so if you're wondering why I am changing the format of the show entirely to bring this message to you today it's because my time may be limited I may have only a few opportunities left to speak to you as an audience and I don't want to waste a moment with anything less than information that can assist other human beings as they pursue their interests and their goals in life no one should have to suffer at the expense that I had to do to other people's bullshit, basically. That's the gist of it. So now that you have a background on the medical conditions that I am currently victim to, let's look at what led me to this point in my life. I had briefly mentioned that my immune system had been depleted. So you may be wondering to yourself how human beings, myself in particular, could be vulnerable enough psychologically 
to allow other people's negative influences to manifest themselves in such a manner that it creates a physiological response, often a painful and excruciatingly difficult conclusion then occurs, which is what happened in my case. So let me help to make this easy to understand by illustrating metaphorically what I endured. Imagine for a moment that you're in a grassy field, baseball field, soccer field, just a park, you know, an open area. So let's stick with the baseball metaphor for now. So close your eyes and embark on this journey with me. We're going to be standing in that grassy field with a baseball bat, a metal baseball bat in our possession. We're gripping onto the rubber handle as best as possible. But it's the middle of the summer and you're perspiring, you're sweating, so your hands aren't as reliable as they would be if they weren't completely saturated with sweat. Your grip is now questionable to say the least and also take into account the blinding sun that's beating down on you and causing temporary blindness so your vision is impaired to say the least you are struggling to just see which direction these baseballs are coming from let alone be able to fight them off. So I am attempting to illustrate to you how these baseballs that are trying to penetrate your defenses can ultimately cause a lot of pain and in some cases death. If you were able to envision that, let's go a step further and substitute those baseballs for people, okay, for negative, cruel, selfish intentions from those toxic relationships you're involved in. So all of those baseballs that are coming at you are ways that they're dealing with unaddressed psychological issues, mostly insecurities, unaddressed grief is a big one, especially when you are encountering people who 
have repressed their own grief and sorrow so so compoundly over the years that now it's quite an obstacle for them to even admit to themselves that it may be affecting the people around them and their relationships. So it could be an unknowing, unconscious assault that they're inflicting upon you without any awareness. And that's what's scary because a lot of the times we are <laughs> encountering people of all types of walks of life and have experienced different sorrows, griefs, and experiences through their lifetime and led them to develop these defensive mechanisms that they use you know, unconsciously at times, not intending to hurt you, but inevitably they do. And this could be your best friend, your family members even, your spouse, your significant other, your boss, your teacher, your landlord, whoever you have trusted whoever you have let into your life you feel that you can count on them not to hurt you and they may not want to ever hurt you themselves but once again we must not forget that we're dealing with baseballs that are coming at you at tremendous speeds that can kill you and you need to fight them off any way you can so for me it was nearly to the exact minute I would say on December 31st 2022 that I realized hey um you are in the middle of a field and there's baseball flying at you and you need to start swinging away brother <laughs> swing for the fences whatever you want to say right so unfortunately it's almost impossible to swing a bat when your arms are chained behind your back. And that was the sad reality of my situation. I felt as if I couldn't swing that bat for a number of reasons. And without getting too elaborate, I will just say that I had to resort to self-sabotage to create a distraction on the battlefield and give a false sense of security to the enemy give them just a momentary reason to celebrate 
and in that instance use your wits and maneuver in a way that will allow enough distance so that you may now objectively look at the situation regroup psychologically speaking so that you'll be able to survive this onslaught of emotional abuse. Now, please bear with me as I'm doing my best to try and illustrate metaphorically what I endured psychologically, which is an extremely difficult thing to do with our commonplace vernacular, you know, the everyday use of phrases and statements that usually are sufficient when explaining something aren't even coming close to outlining the smallest amount of significance that this psychological torment could produce in someone's body and mind and soul and spirit, whatever you want to say and whichever word you choose to represent yourself as one, you can insert there. It's up to you. I just want to let everyone know that there is a way to get help before you march down a path that many of us unfortunately have gone down. Some of us are still around to voice our warnings and our optimism for survival by seeking professional help. So if anyone is in a toxic relationship, like I said, not an intimate relationship necessarily, just, you know, a relationship between two individuals or yourself and others, a group sometimes, they're the most dangerous when you have multiple, let's say, narcissists working to make you complacent. So a group of people that are striving for you to become compliant. <laughs> so watch out for those hellish viruses that do that. Also, just bear in mind that as I'm trying to find words to explain what had happened to me, I also want you to be able to feel emotionally what pain and suffering people are going through. So be aware of your own behaviors and make sure that you unknowingly or not are refraining from causing this type of pain and harm to other individuals, especially 
if you've got a spouse that you love or children or anyone that you care about and would die for but in reality are killing so use this little story of mine to find a way to better yourself now before I continue with my own story I'd like to point out a form of meditation you can use to help yourself and eventually help others and it is called meta meditation m e t t a meditation and it is profoundly life-changing if you google or research this form of meditation you will immediately know why i say this is beneficial to yourself first and then to others afterwards because that is exactly what it is if you can imagine a geometric illustration of a circle and then a circle that starts within that circle and starts spiraling outwards creating another circle and so on and so forth then you have the gist of the meta meditation's goal which is to first gain an acceptance of yourself and your own behaviors before you are helping others i believe it was rick rubin the famous music producer so all you musicians out there can relate to rick rubin he has a new book out I think it's the first book he ever wrote, to be honest, but it uh, really touches on his experiences with meta-meditation, and he uses the metaphor of the people on an aircraft, an airplane rather, that are experiencing turbulence, let's say, and the oxygen masks come falling down from above them you hear the announcements all the time that you must put on the oxygen mask for yourself first before you can help anyone else and that's the concept behind meta meditation you help yourself first before you help other people and i believe he also started to describe this form of meditation on a podcast I was listening to oh my goodness it's going to kill me that I don't know the name I'm terribly sorry it's a medical doctor who was interviewing Mr. Rubin and Rick decided to explain or describe this type of meditation by saying that people may want to go out and make a difference in the world around them and that is great but first you have to take care of yourself then take care of the people in your house then take care of your next door neighbor then take care of the people on your block before you can help the people in your town before you can help the people in your state and eventually help the people in the United States of America. And then you can 
think about helping the entire population. So it all begins with you. And I took that opportunity to point out the importance of meta meditation and how significant of a practice of meditating for self help and that is the underlying core principle of what this podcast is trying to convey it's that we need to help ourselves first before we help anyone else we need to address those skeletons in the closet and make sure that we're not the enemy of someone else now to get back to my story in particular I had the chance an opportunity like I mentioned to self-sabotage my own being and take one on the chin so to speak in order to separate myself from the situation so I gave a false sense of security and accomplishment to the enemy made myself look weak took a substantial loss in my life I had to restart my entire life as I knew it by finding a new place of residence, a new source of income, a new group of people to speak to when I felt upset and depressed or needed a shoulder to cry on or wanted to just say I love you right so I had to wipe away everything that was once prominent in my life and start over from the beginning in order to separate myself enough so that I could look at the situation that I was in and see what my next step was. At that particular moment in time, I tried to have a legal intervention of sorts take place, but because of whatever reasons, the enemy did not want to negotiate a treaty and I was forced to endure more brutal assaults. This time it was of the guilt form. So I would be forced into going back to the torture chamber, so to speak, over and over again because I was being guilted that I was leaving someone, a friendly uh, ally behind, right? So I felt it was my 
duty, my obligation to go back and help that individual. So I kept that pattern going and going where I would leave, detach myself, separate, and be forced back again, enduring that suffering, that torment, that psychological abuse that I spoke about earlier. And boy, did it have an effect on me. As I mentioned earlier, the psychological effects of this type of abuse often manifest itself into physiological ailments and in my case it was quite severe. It took five to six months before my body became entirely drained of that chi energy we spoke about earlier and my immune system depleted. I was given a little bit of separation and I put my guard down. I thought that I was in a better position on the battlefield than I really was and I missed a curveball that came at me. So if you've ever actually played baseball and stood in the batter's box with the, an actual metal bat in your hand and there was a pitcher on the mound who knew how to throw, throw a curveball and you have never seen a curveball before. Boy, are you in for a treat. I was maybe 15, 14, 14 years old. That's what it was. I was uh, in eighth grade playing on the varsity baseball team and I was at bat a senior from the other team he had to be about 17 18 years of age just a dominating figure to see you know 90 feet away from you especially as a 14 year old boy the pitch from that pitcher's hand was so deceptive I ended up dropping to my knees, letting go of the bat entirely, hearing it hit the ground, then hearing the ball hit the catcher's mitt and the umpire calling out, strike. I looked back, bewildered. I mean, I was baffled. I said, are you kidding me? That almost hit me in the face. It looked like it was coming straight towards my face. And at the last minute, it curved and fell in the strike zone and... I had to deal with the unfortunate reality of the situation. I was fooled. I was deceived. You know, kudos to you. That's what happened to me here in real life. I was hit with a curveball where I thought I was in control. And <laughs> it wasn't even in person. It was just the... Basic communication assault, I would say, if I'm trying to describe it. It was an accumulation of little telephone calls that got my heart racing and anxiety was rising so rapidly that all of my reserve energies were depleted 
in a matter of minutes. That led to hyperventilating and I had a seizure. While I was eating my dinner, which at that time was pizza, Domino's, uh, I'm not bad-mouthing you, it's not your fault. I'm still looking for a sponsor, so Domino's, pizza, delicious. Unless you're hyperventilating, because then instead of swallowing, you inhale. And when you inhale food, there is a chance that you will suffer from what I suffered from, which is called aspiration pneumonia. The aspiration pneumonia turned into the sepsis and the deterioration of my organs, my lungs first, then my heart. And I need to express how grateful I am right now. I thank God every morning now that I wake up and I'm here and able to go on another day living life in 2023 with everyone that's listening to me now. I'm so blessed. I'm so grateful to be doing that, especially so quickly. Now, I apologized earlier because it's probably very difficult to listen to me taking all these pauses in between words sounds like I'm struggling to find words I'm not I'm struggling to catch my breath while I'm sitting quite comfortably in a very relaxing chair in a very comfortable studio but it it feels like I'm running a marathon. I mean, what is it now? Probably a half an hour into the podcast and I'm really struggling to breathe. So you can get a feeling for how severe the effects were on my body. Now this all happened, like I said, five or six weeks ago. And I was in the intensive care unit of the hospital for, I believe, a week, just about. And it was the doctor's conclusive prognosis that I would be stuck in intensive care for approximately three months while I recovered. The timetable for my heart regaining that 80% that had deteriorated was supposed to be a slow process. And like I mentioned, the seventh day in ICU, there was a sonogram of my heart that was being done. And this technician was actually an instructor who was teaching a student and brought the student in to witness on screen in real life what she had been taught in school 
saw in textbooks or online what a heart that suffered deterioration looked like. So this was an opportunity in real life to show on screen what that looks like, right? So to the bewilderment and surprise of the technician, my heart was at 95%. Now we're speaking about um, four or five days after I was told that it would take three months to heal. They performed that same sonogram eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, a dozen times before they changed machines, <laughs> double, triple, quadruple checked my name tag. <laughs> you know, there was no explanation for what they were seeing on screen besides it being a miracle. And I really feel that it was, in fact, a miracle. And I don't know why I'm able to sit here behind the microphone and relay this message to the audience, but there has to be a reason. So I will continue to do so for as long as I can. Like I said, people, this is serious and I may not have an opportunity to speak to you again. So please give this podcast a chance to expand its reach, spread its wings, and maybe it'll enlighten people that are feeling like I did, suffering from psychological abuse, and let's help them out before it's too late. There is not an obligation or duty, but there should be a moral responsibility that you feel if you know someone that's going through an ordeal like I was. So share this episode or find something, some exercise or something you can share with them. I'm not looking for you to share my episode for analytics. I don't fucking care. Like I said before, I may not be here in a month. So I don't fucking care about stats. I care about other human beings and this planet. I really do. And I hope that you all really have a understanding of who I am now more than you did before. I love all of my fellow human beings wholeheartedly I genuinely do and I thank all of you for listening to me and God willing I'll be able to come back on the podcast in the very near future to update everyone on the present situation that I am in and hopefully I'll receive a lot of comments and feedback. Just hit me up. 
you know, look in the episode bio. You guys know how to do that. And communicate to me what you want to talk about. And a murder of musicians will branch out in any direction that this discussion takes us. That's my promise. You know, this whole... FX2 Studios, a murder of musicians endeavor is meaningless to me right now, people. I really want to have real meaningful discussions with everyone out there. So I'm opening the door and inviting anyone, anyone, to propose topics or discussions that you'd like to hear so don't be afraid to communicate with me I'm really a cool person once you get to know me hopefully this is the invitation you've been waiting for just trust in yourself trust in God and be prosperous with uh Trying not to cry, I'm sorry. With all of my heart, I am hopefully not signing off for the last time. Hope to speak to all of you soon. One love, people. I'm FX2.